Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. Anything that's truly worthwhile is a bit scary. You might remember being a child and someone dared you to do something and then they called you a chicken. And even if you fulfilled that dare, you may still feel like you're a chicken because you were so scared. Or you might have froze in place and have not been able to accomplish that thinking that you are now a chicken. So many of us relate to this, so today we are talking about this interesting topic of being scared and feeling like we're a chicken when it comes to making our dreams come true. To do a lot of tapping and to lead the way to overcome these fears and take action, we are speaking to Mary Ayers from tapintoaction.com. Mary is a success coach. She speaks to audiences all over the world and she's here with us. I'm thrilled she's with us. Welcome, Mary. Hi, Jessica. So, Mary, this is an interesting topic. I'm excited to <laughs> chat with you about it. So, I have a feeling that you might be teaching from experience. So, tell me about what, how you came up with this concept of chicken, which so many people relate to, and what we can really do about it. Yeah, you know, it, it feels to me as if it's been how I've lived my life for the greater part of my life. It, it's strange because... Although I felt a great deal of fear, I took a lot of actions. And I'm sure that there are people who know me who would be surprised to hear that I have always felt afraid because they don't see me like that. Isn't that so true, just that that people don't see us how we feel inside? And so, you know, having that experience of always having to push myself through just felt like what I was going to have to do the rest of my life. But there was a very significant incident that happened for me that really uh, made a difference. And it's the one that made me realize that it doesn't have to be that way. So when our daughter was 17 months old, she was diagnosed with diabetes. And she was in the hospital. And, of course, one of the things that they need to do is teach the parents how to give shots. Well, I am deathly afraid of needles. So having to do this and be brought into the room was a huge experience for me. And so they're, you know, nice enough as it is, they take out the needle and they bring out some, you know, some syringes and some bottles of insulin to teach you how to do this. And I could feel myself freezing up, really shutting down. And my husband, who's good with these things, you know, he's out there and he's taking the syringe and he's doing things. It's not a problem. And after we got to this point where the nurse said to me, okay, now give me the shot. And that was it for me. I was done, ran out of the room in tears. And of course, they came after me and they did the tough guy routine. You know, the one where it's, come on, you've got to do this. You're going to, your daughter's in there and she needs you. And I looked at them and I said, back off. I will do this my way. And I did. I took a syringe and I would go by and I would take the cap off and look at the needle and put it back on. I mean, I would do this time after time again. And then I would take that needle and I'd stick it in an orange, you know, just get the feel of it. Bit by bit, we would call that 
right? Just a, a desensitization product process. Now, I didn't have tapping and mercy. I wish I did. And it took a while. It took a good several hours just to get to the place where I could give her a shot. And the truth is this. I never got comfortable with it. I was able to do it, but the fear was always there. So this idea of being pushed, you know, and as a coach, you know, I, I would have people who would kind of say to me to push me to do things. And it just, I knew there was a different way to do things. And feeling the fear and doing it anyway wasn't working for me. And I knew it didn't work for a lot of other people. Well, that brings me to my next question, because that we do hear that often. We hear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Why is that an idea that isn't very effective? You know, here's what happens to us, is when we feel the fear, we set it up in our system. Our system memorizes that as a feeling, a constant sense of being in a fight or flight. And when it happens, we are dumping stress hormones. We are dumping um, you know, cortisols and whatnot, which we all know contribute to a lot of health issues. And so we may be able to get something done, but we're in fact training ourselves to have to go into a fight or flight process in order to be able to do something. So let me, and let me tell you about a little bit about some of the effects. Anxiety disorders, which is often what people notice that they feel is this sense of anxiety, right? This impending fear happens to be on the rise as the number one um, ailment bypassing depression, as a matter wow. of fact. When it comes down to it, we spend more money. Um, $1.2 billion have been, are spent each year on medications for anxiety. The stress we spend, or, or it costs us, I should say it this way, billions of dollars each year in stress-related illnesses and lack of productivity when we do not treat it so or, or when we, we have this sense of ongoing anxiety. So what we really need is a different way. We seem to be going around it, about it, I, I think, in perhaps a wrong way. Right. So we're looking at it as a wrong way. You've shared some statistics with us. What is the right way? I mean, as we're talking about shifting, how do we begin to use tapping? Because what makes us a successful chicken? I mean, do we overcome being a chicken altogether? Well, here's here's a little bit of, because the cost to us by not changing the way we do this, think about this. Americans spend, it's estimated, $11 billion on self-help products. Okay, meaning yeah. books, programs, that's not even including exercise equipment or coaching or weight loss programs. That is billions of dollars that we spend. Okay. Now we've got on the one hand all the, the, the price of carrying the anxiety, this pushing through and training our body, coupled with the amount of money that we're spending in order to be able to learn more how to's programs that will teach us how to do something without really addressing the issue. I propose, and this is a little controversial is that perhaps some of the anxiety that people are experiencing isn't necessarily what we would call clinical anxiety, but it is in fact because they have been hearing from people to push through the fear. They've been threatened, yelled at. Heck, even last night I happened to watch The Biggest Loser on TV, and what did I hear is somebody screaming at somebody to take action. And I thought, 
that would not be me. That's not the way to go. So we need to do have you know come at it from a different approach. And I want to look at um, three different ways for us to be able to you know get through this. But first, you asked a really good question, which is you know what is a successful chicken? You know why is successful chicken? And here's what I say about that: is that it's when we really first of all. These people are people with tremendous passion and desire. They have fortitude and determination because they're going to put themselves out there. They have something that they want to do. Making a contribution to others is everything to them. And you, a lot of people would be surprised to find there are some pretty famous people who have suffered from, um, we'll call it anxiety, whether or not they would call themselves chicken. It's pretty, um, you know, we'll, we'll let them be the ones. But names I was surprised with, Alanis Morissette, uh, Oprah, Eric Clapton. Uh, there are po poets, you know, Yates and um, Abraham Lincoln was on the list of people. I mean, people that we would be really surprised because we don't see them in that light. We think to ourselves, my gosh, look at what they've done. But that's just it. Successful chickens tend to be high achievers and because of that they're the ones who show up at those programs that they take the next workshop but we've all been there where we see all these people who are getting these massive breakthroughs they're just they're so exciting they're doing the program and there we are kind of over in the corner thinking to ourselves I've you know I'm behind again and I'm afraid to move forward and those people are doing it. So, you know, we can look at others. Part of what makes us successful is being able to say, you know what? Yeah, I do it. I can get there. I just need a different way to do it. it I can have the same dreams. It's just that I need to be able to appreciate that the method I get there is probably needs to be unconventional. It's not going to be the same route other people take. And to be okay with that. Well, you, so you mentioned these three different things to look at. So why don't we go through them now? What is one thing to, to look at and to address tapping with? Okay. So here's what I thought I would do. I'd look at the old way, the cost to us by t continuing to do it that way. And then let's look at the new way and we can do some tapping anywhere along the line. Okay? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So the very first one is chickens. The old way is we tend to compare ourselves with other people. Mm -hmm. Okay, Now, this is the problem. Again, we're looking out. We see other people. We don't know what's inside of them. We only see the actions that they're taking. And we then decide. We get into our imagination and think to ourselves, oh, they're brave. They're strong. They don't have any problem with this. When the reality is we have no idea what their journey is. So not only that, when we compare ourselves to people, we always come up short on the deal. We don't look at other people and think, I'm just as good as that. For the most part, we tend to look at other people and say, I'm different than they are. And I'm not just talking about success things, Jess. I mean, think about this. We do this when we look at other people and we see them and we look at their body or the way they dress. Or their voice. I mean, we're, you know, even we're always kind of comparing and holding ourselves in less favor. So to, when we compare ourselves against others and we come up short, it always keeps us at the bottom of the pile. So the cost to us 
is we mislabel ourselves too. You know, we end up saying that we are not brave or we're, we are, we do call ourselves chicken or we somehow show up less. So there's a great cost to us. The answer, of course, is to appreciate and acknowledge that we're all different, that we need a different way that we just because um, our way, we need a different way doesn't make us less than. And in fact, we can rise, we'll, we'll find that we'll accelerate our progress the sooner we acknowledge it because we'll all, we can jump into that sense of saying, you know what, that's how it works for them. How can I get them? What will work for me? You also made a great point before where you said that people would be surprised to know that you at one time consider yourself a chicken and you still get scared of things. And so it's important to know that as well, to know that we don't know like you mentioned, we don't know what the other person is thinking. We don't know what they have to go through. So acknowledging that and also knowing that our journey is different. Yeah. For all we know, they spent an hour tapping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't know. I would say that the biggest drawback here, what what really trips people up here is that because they are comparing themselves, they don't get a chance to celebrate what they've done and really look for the resources for themselves. So this is a good place for people to do some tapping as they look out to other people and see themselves as less. And I, and I say less in a lot of ways because that's a pretty open um, appraisal when we say less, less what, you know, uh, less pretty, less smart, less capable, less, you know, you yeah. have to fill in your own blank what your less is that you pretty much know when you're doing you're right. looking at somebody else and thinking, you know, oh, they're better than I am because. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, I think this is a great place to bring in some tapping. Absolutely. Let's do it. So let's do some tapping on the way we compare ourselves to people. One of the things I ask people to do is stop for a second and think of somebody who you compare yourself with. Okay. I had a client who said to me once, she got anxious just even opening up her email because she knew she was going to have emails from some very successful people whom she was on their list, you know, some business people who were doing really well in business and just seeing their emails and all the things they were doing, the programs they were doing or the videos they put out immediately put her into a state of, I should, I should be doing that. And I'm not, I'm not as good as they are, you know, whatnot. So, I ask people out there to think about something or someone you compare yourself to. Could be even a sibling, you know, it could be looking at a magazine and seeing all those little, you know, little bodies and looking at them and thinking to yourself, I don't look like that. And then evaluate how it feels when you compare yourself to somebody else, what comes up, where it's at. Okay. And I'm going to imagine for us that it's just a kind of a really crummy, feeling less than feeling, you know, everybody might have a different way of calling it. But we're just going to call it kind of a, a weighty, icky feeling. Okay. And we're going to start at the karate chop. Okay. Even though I don't feel very good. Even though I don't feel very good. When I look at that person. When I look at that person. Think of that thing. And think of that thing. And I know I'm comparing myself. I know I'm comparing myself. And I always come up short. And I always come up short. I could find a way to accept myself. I could find a way to accept myself. Even though I'm comparing myself. Even though I'm comparing myself. 
and to them to them and it feels pretty crummy and it feels pretty crummy because I'm not doing what they're doing because I'm not doing what they're doing and I should be and I should be I'm going to find a way I'm going to find a way to accept myself anyhow to accept myself anyhow even though I don't feel as worthy as them even though I don't feel as worthy as them I'm not getting it I'm not getting it I'm not brave like them I'm not brave like them I'm going to accept myself anyhow I'm going to accept myself anyhow and let's just go through the points at the eyebrow I'm not like them I'm not like them side of the eye they're much more successful they're much more successful under the eye they've got it going on they've got it going on under the nose they figured it out they figured it out on the chin but I haven't but I haven't on the collarbone I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured it out yet under the arm I should be further along I should be further along top of the head and I'm not and I'm not back at the eyebrow I know it's because I don't add uh, I'm not enough I know it's because I'm not enough side of the eye I don't have what they have I don't have what they have under the eye and I should and I should under the nose I need to I need to on the chin to be successful to be successful collarbone that's what I tell myself that's what I tell myself under the arm but what if I knew the truth but what if I knew the truth top of the head that is that is eyebrow that I can't tell what how they feel that I can't tell how they feel side of the eye or what they had to do or what they had to do under the eye to get where they are now to get where they are now under the nose what if we're not so different what if we're not so different on the chin what if we're a lot alike what if we're a lot alike on the collarbone and I can be successful like that. And I can be successful like that. Under the arm and all it takes. And all it takes. Top of the head is my acceptance. Is my acceptance. At the eyebrow and my willingness. And my willingness. Side of the eye to do it differently. To do it differently. Underneath the eye. How fun could that be? How fun could that be? Under the nose, to know I could be where they are. To know I could be where they are. On the chin, if I'm willing. If I'm willing. Collarbone, to just do it differently. To just do it differently. Under the arm, a way that works just for me. A way that works just for me. Top of the head, and allows me to put my talents out there. And allows me to put my talents out there. Back at the eyebrow, in a way that's authentically me. In a way that's authentically me. Side of the eye, and then they may look at me. And then they may look at me. Under the eye and think, look how successful she is. And think, look how successful she is. Under the nose, and what I'll know. And what I'll know. Under the chin is that I did it with ease and joy. Is that I did it with ease and joy. Collarbone, which means I'm really going to be able to celebrate it. Which means I'm really going to be able to celebrate it. Under the arm, because it's going to feel so good. Because it's going to feel so good. Top of the head, and I can look so forward to that. And I can look so forward to that. Take a breath. <sighs> that felt great.
just giving ourselves that permission. Right. And I can imagine that as people do this, if they give themselves that permission, they come up with better ideas about how to do things. Yes. You become so resourceful when you do this work. Well, and we get to be our authentic selves. Yes. We bring our best selves because if I'm not trying to duplicate somebody else, then the value is, is that I really bring me to the table, which is really what the world needs. Yes, it is exactly what the world needs. And so, uh, so Mary, that is a great place to start. What else? What is some, what's the old way that people are doing this and what's the now new way? What's the second part of this? Perfect. You know what? It's the trying to understand why. I, I think the number one question most people, even as a coach and as a therapist, people want to know, why do I do this? Or why won't I do this? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with the question of why, but let me, let's, if I educate you a little bit about what the what it does in the brain, this might be helpful. Why is a question that actually creates many answers, not a single answer? So it's kind of I tell people it's kind of like putting in a Google search, saying you know why is you know why is it sunny out, you know, or why do people you know laugh at you when you fall down? And what will happen is is you get. A th two, three, or four thousand answers. You don't get a single answer. There is no one answer. So when we ask why, what it does is it's a waste of time because it makes us loop. We keep going after and going after because hidden in that is some kind of an idea that if we understand why, then we'll be able to finally eradicate it. Right. Finally, it's going to be gone. When the truth is, you know, there may be lots of things that have contributed to contributed to why we are where we are and that alone doesn't necessarily mean that we have an understanding that's going to help us take to action. I always tell people there are a lot of people knowing why they eat who are still standing in the in front of the refrigerator. Right. Okay. Right. So <laughs> you know? true. So it's it, it can be helpful but at the same time it can also help us spin our wheels. So the new way is to ask better questions. Okay. And a better question sounds like, how can I do this with more ease and joy? How can I take some small step and gain a little bit of confidence? What, what will it look like when I'm um, taking those small steps? What am I already starting to do now that is taking me in that direction? Right. Well, the concept of a small step can be new to so many people because we think we need to take massive action and we need to push ourselves and we need to get it done. So even this idea of, okay, well, what's one small thing I can do? I mean, how profound is that? What difference does that make when, when, when someone is scared to go from feeling like they need to do it all to breaking it down into small steps? I agree. And, you know, this is why it's a tapping. It's a really good thing to tap on is this impatience and it can't happen in this small step. I tell people, when you're doing nothing because you think you have to do it all, how much time are you spending? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long is it taking you when you think you need to do it all in one chunk as opposed to doing it in small chunks? I also like the question when we think about what am I already starting to do? There is a, it's the way our minds hear it is that we're already started to and we're now asking it to identify that that builds our confidence already. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, if someone, I want, we have two more to go, and because of time, let's 
let's go to the next one and then we'll do a few rounds of tapping on that. But before we move to the next one, how does someone take this and do the tapping themselves? So what should they be focusing on and saying when they tap? Perfect. This is the, the, exactly that idea that you said is that you listen to the yes, but it's going to take forever. Look at something that you want to do. I really like to get those prompts, those, you know, that we look at. Look at the folder. Look at a project that you have to do or write something down. Say, my book. You know, that's the other thing. People tend to chunk things like, I have to write a book. I have to write my book. And I think, ah, that would overwhelm anybody. So the concept of breaking it down and getting the feeling of it'll take too long. Once you've got the it'll take too long, you can just start out right there with it'll take too long, even though it's going to take too long. I don't want to wait any longer. It needs to happen now. You know, you move through the points, ranting and you're raving, insisting, insisting that you there's no way small steps are going to help you. It allows you to kind of at least go, eh. I'm kind of bored with that topic. Let me go do something. Right, exactly. Let me take that small step instead of yes, judging it yes. so much. All right, well, yep. that makes that makes a lot of sense. So what is the third aspect of this? What's the old way and the new way to look at it? The old way is looking for more hows. This is that this is the reason we have spent billions and billions of dollars on more and more programs is that we're searching for more hows. How do I do it? What is the answer? That is the old way we already know. I am and have been for many, many years, spent all that money on all those programs and books. And I, and we know that what? It's like 1% of the people, Jess, who actually read the book, do the exercise. So finding more hows isn't the answer. Okay, The cost to us is in real life money. And again, time. It's more things I'm not going to do. I've got more names to call myself, things I get to say about, you know, how I'm lazy and I procrastinate and I don't have clarity, all those other things that we can tap on, obviously. But it's because we're trying to answer a, a question with a how, and that's not really the problem. The problem is, is that we really have this, we have more vested in why not to do something than in why to do something. And we need to investigate what our why nots are. Why wouldn't I want to have that thing? What's getting in my way? And I'll give people an idea. It's probably going to be either on the fear of success or fear of failure trail. You know, this isn't surprising to people. But the more we find out and uncover those little reasons that we have about our fear of failure or fear of success, and tap on them, it's going to free us up energetically as well as emotionally and mentally to be able to take those small actions we were talking about before. Right. Now I realize this isn't this isn't massive information for people. You know, it's not new to, to chunk things down in some ways. What I want to say is the difference is when we get off that idea that if we just push ourselves or harder on ourselves, give ourselves deadlines, um, write those goals in that very strategic way with numbers and, you know, dates and, and whatnot, not that they're bad. If that's not your style, that will actually trip you up more. Right. It just creates more of the fear. Yes. Okay. Well, I would love to wrap up with some tapping on this. So this, um, this feeling like we need to figure out why, right? Yeah. 
I think that's a perfect one. Let's let's do that. And just think of it. And I'll tell you what kind of really will trigger people is this idea that they may never know why. <gasps> mm. I mean, people are like, what do you mean I'll never know why? I have to know why. So just that feeling alone, the fear that comes up that I will never know why. Let's grab that. Feel it in yourself where you get it. And let's start tapping on it. Okay, okay let's do it. Even though I'm afraid I'll never know why. Even though I'm afraid I'll know I'll never know why. I could still accept myself. I could still accept myself. Even though I have to know why. Even though I have to know why. How can I change it? How can I change it? How can I fix it? How can I fix it? If I don't know why. If I don't know why. I'm still going to find a way to accept myself. I'm still going to find a way to accept myself. Even though I should know why. Even though I should know why. In order to be able to take action. In order to be able to take action. In order to do to be able to do anything. In order to be able to do anything. I'm going to accept myself no matter what. I'm going to accept myself no matter what. I'm going to the eyebrow. I have to know why. I have to know why. Side of the eye. I have to know why. I have to know why. Under the eye. How can I change it? How can I change it? Under the nose, who am I going to blame? Who am I going to blame? On the chin, if I don't know why. If I don't know why. Collarbone, I won't be able to fix it. I won't be able to fix it. Under the, under the arm, and I won't be able to avoid it in the future. And I won't be able to avoid it in the future. Top of the head, I have to know why. I have to know why. Back of the eyebrow, or I'll never be able to do it. Or I'll never be able to do it side of the eye but what if I never found out why but what if I never found out why under the eye what if why doesn't matter that much what if why doesn't matter that much under the nose and would it be okay and would it be okay on the chin to release some of those whys to release some of those whys under the uh, on the collarbone without really knowing why without really knowing why under the arm. Is it really necessary? Is it really necessary? Top of the head. To heal these areas? To heal these areas. Back of the eyebrow. Without knowing what they are? Without knowing what they are. Side of the eye. And could it be okay? And could it be okay? Under the eye. For them to heal themselves. To let them heal themselves. Under the nose. Just by tapping. Just by tapping on the chin, and not really knowing what they are. And not really knowing what they are. On the collarbone, and just having faith. And just having faith. Under the arm, in knowing that the right things are, are collapsing. And knowing that the right things are collapsing. Top of the head, that I'm releasing what's necessary. That I'm releasing what's necessary. Back at the eyebrow, in order to do my best. In order to do my best side of the eye and in order to give my best and in order to give my best under the eye and if it was happening silently and if it was happening silently under the nose and quickly and quickly on the chin and I was able to deliver my gifts I was able to deliver my gifts on the collarbone quickly quickly and easily and easily under the arm that could be okay with me that could be okay with me Top of the head. So maybe why isn't all that important? So maybe why isn't all of that important? Just take a breath. <sighs> Thank you, Mary. 
Absolutely. So we've covered so much. We've had these three different things, and I just want to review them really quickly. The first one is to look at the way that we're comparing ourselves with others, that feeling like we need to do it the same way that they're doing, doing tapping on that. This idea that we need to figure out exactly why we're scared and you know why we feel like we're a chicken. And, uh, and the third thing is figuring out exactly how without you know people not allowing themselves to take it one step at a time, doing the tapping so we get comfortable with taking it one step at a time because that's really when we make the most progress. Did I get it right? You got it, all three of those. Amazing, well thank you so much from all the other chickens out there, Mary. Thank you for letting us know that we can do things differently and for giving us these great tools. I hope that everybody visits you at tapintoaction.com. Mary, once again, thank you. Thanks, Jess.